We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm up your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello, CMOS Grizzlies. Happy Tuesday. Happy 4th of July. I hope you're all enjoying your long, relaxing weekend and are getting into some crazy, fun stuff for for the 4th. I know I personally will not be, but (laughs) that is just me, I guess. Um, How are you doing, Kate? You know, I feel no compelling urge to really celebrate America, Um, so I'm probably not doing anything for the 4th. My parents might come and visit me just because they both have, like, the work day off then, so... That could be fun. Um, I don't really know. Like, it's funny in the Midwest where Emma and I are both from. Obviously, the 4th of July is a big thing. Everyone goes on their boats and there's like hot dogs and fireworks and parades. But New York, it's not really the same vibe, um, which I don't really care about in any particular way. But there are fireworks here. But like the fireworks in Wisconsin, if anyone's from there, um, they're crazy. And you can't bring them across certain state borders. Like everyone would smuggle smuggle them into Minnesota when I was a, when I was a wee child. So I don't really know if the New York fireworks are that compelling or interesting whatever so that might be my fourth of july plans but nothing super interesting over here um i did see you though was it yesterday time flies right saturday yes we saw each other on saturday today is sunday we had a little scavenger hunt with our homies at coconut cult if you don't know we used to have founders on the podcast and we had noah from coconut cult on the podcast let us know if you want to do more us to do more founders like we got an overwhelming amount of feedback from you guys that you didn't like them so we like stopped doing them and they were like kind of hard to coordinate anyways but they were fun to do so let us know because we could do more founder interviews i suppose in the pod but we did interview noah so if you want to listen to that episode it's really fun and nerdy and geeky about probiotic yogurt and how some labels are BS and quality of ingredients and stuff like that. So we actually met Noah in real life because he came to New York to do a few different scavenger hunt challenges. So we met him in Brooklyn for one of the three scavenger hunts he did or two scavenger hunts, maybe. Yeah, he did one in the Hamptons and then I think somewhere else. And yeah, there was like three boxes, three winners. So we kind of helped in, you know, 
creating the clues. You probably all saw it on Instagram stories. Three people won. They were very excited. And the flavor that he has right now that's like new or limited edition is chocolate banana bread. Yeah. Have you tried it yet? I have had a few scoops. It's delicious by no surprise. I've never had one of the coconut cults that have like a Who Kitchen collab. There's just a chocolate bar shoved down the middle of the the bajar and it's not even chopped up. I thought that was so funny. Um, But yeah, it was a sleigh. I've been eating it and it's I love having coconut cult in my life. So very grateful for that one. But the boxes that we um, had hit had hidden. Is that yeah? Is that correct? Had hidden at um, the timeout market in Dumbo had a bunch of different brands of food products. And the one that I know Emma and I were both eyeing, but we didn't even talk about, uh, French Squirrel. They make these French berets. And she had these chocolate-covered pretzels. Is that what they were? Yeah, I think it was like a chocolate-covered pretzel kind of trail mix situation. Um, I know that whatever the person who's behind the brand, they've released a few new products. And they're unfortunately not really carried anywhere much in New York. But I would love if French berets were carried in Whole Foods because they're so good. Yeah, I feel like they were at one point. Like, I feel like I had access to them or maybe they were at health stores and stuff like that. But it was fun. And there were a lot of different brands and it was like fun convo vibes. Um, Then, yeah, the air quality was shit in New York yesterday, which is why if I have a little bit of a uh, bad throat, that's why. Um, But besides that, um, what else did Emma's other note here is going to be carrying chomp meat sticks in your purse, which I'd love for you to chat about. This is my like CMOS release hack. Actually, my friend Animal does this a lot. She always carries around some sort of meat stick, whether it's like chomps or another brand, just in case you ever get hangry while you're on a walk or excursion or just not away or not near your apartment. And I think this is so smart. This is what I've been doing because I've been going back and forth between Williamsburg, my apartment, other places, just because I'm a social butterfly and seeing someone. Um, And I think chomps are just the perfect little thing to carry around in your purse. They don't take up too much space. There's protein. So it's very filling and satiating and really helps with balancing the blood sugar. Um, So yeah, just a little, little hack. I'm sure people carry around like little emergency stacks in their cars. If you like live somewhere where you do typically drive, but here in New York, when you're having to walk around, you have to be really mindful about what you're carrying around with you at all times, because you don't want your shoulder to hurt if you're lugging around, you know, a gallon of water or something. So yeah, that's my little my little summer sea muscarillies hack for for the New York listeners. That was hack of the week. Um, speaking of that, I saw a TikTok a few weeks ago about something to do with chomps. I don't go to an office to work, but this was like an office snack this person was preparing. And she took a mason jar. She chomped up like chomps with scissors. And then she did pistachios and like a few different options or something like that. Maybe one of them had popcorn. Maybe one of them. It was like salty trail mix vibes that she brought with her. And she's like, oh, it's like the perfect thing because you can switch it up based on what you're craving and what seasonings you have. So it reminds me, reminds me of that. Jesus, my throat. Uh, that vibe that you were talking about with the chomps. My only comment on food is on an unfortunate one that I have to admit that something is good that I wanted to say is not good for a long time. Um, the Trader Joe's, <laughs> the establishment of Trader Joe's. I had like the quirkiest experience there today at the store, whatever. But I get to the seasoning section. I just had to get like black pepper. And I see they have ketchup seasoning. I see they have pizza seasoning. I see they have pickle seasoning. I'm like, who am I to judge? Who am I to judge a seasoning that Trader Joe's makes? So I get the pickle seasoning because I knew that I had cottage cheese and I thought that could be interesting. And it indeed was. Um, Obviously, pickle seasoning is just about 
it's like garlic and dill and salt. Um, I could get those spices separately and do a whole thing, but it was really good. And then I like had a salmon salad thing for dinner, like a mush bowl of hell um, with a bunch of stuff in it. And I put the dill pickle seasoning on my salmon. And I felt like I was super fancy eating dill salmon, but I just had pickle seasoning on it. So I'm kind of, I'm not really much of a ketchup person. I don't really feel the need to try the ketchup seasoning. I saw that one guy that does like the cottage cheese, like not, is it spices reviews where he has like the cottage cheese? Yeah, he does like all the reviews with cottage cheese. Yeah. Yeah. He did the ketchup one and I think he liked it, but I don't really love ketchup that much. So not much of a fan, but that's been a big winner in my life recently. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like I don't really look at the seasoning section much at Trader Joe's or if I do, I'm like, I just need to get salt or cinnamon and then like, I got a piece out. Yeah. Um, But maybe I dabble into the quirky questionable seasoning section. And I also noticed Wild Planet changed their mackerel cans. This Did you notice that? Um, No, I haven't really been able to find mackerel lately. I, I was able to get it at Eastfield Organics, but- Wild Planet also has this like lightly smoked wild caught salmon in a tin and it's really, really good. So I've been buying mm. that in replacement of mackerel. Um, but I've been eating a shit ton of sardines lately. Nice. Yeah, no, I've been eating a lot of edamame and salmon. I'm on that that grind right now. Um, but that's my only exciting update of my life, truly, at this point in time. Um the episode though is about endocrine. Endocrine, endocrine. Uh, I feel like I've heard both pronunciations endocrine disruptors you've probably heard about them on a lot of like health wellness beauty lifestyle green beauty podcasts or like social media pages i feel like i well i talked about them a few episodes ago um as like people were predicting this is going to be a big health trend but we've never done an episode on the topic so we figured why not chat about this topic for y'all yeah there's a lot to learn um we touch a lot and we've done other like hormone related episodes so definitely go back and listen to those that's my my daily plug to go back and listen to old episodes of ours yeah and this episode's only more pertinent and more important as we start to see more of the effects of things like climate change and bad weather events and air quality issues like it's all related that this products that you use are becoming more toxic as the world gets more toxic and it's like going to be difficult to avoid toxins um as we talked about in our last episode about like detoxifying like endocrine disruptors are We'll, we'll touch on it in the episode, obviously, but there's a lot of overlap between like last week and even the week before when we talked about air quality and then it led to de- detoxing and then it led us to here. So shout out to us for having a little continual podcast series here. Yeah, not intentional, but that's just how how it works. Crumble sometimes. Yeah, how it works. Slay. Um, I will call you back and then we'll get into this episode. Okay. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, CMUS girlies. Today we're here to talk about magnesium, one of our favorite topics. Specifically, let's chat about Magnesium by Moon Juice. I've struggled to find a magnesium supplement to take before bed that has high quality forms of mag and actually tastes good in my bedtime cocktail. Magnesium is your nightcap for relaxation and sleep. It's made with three different bioavailable forms of magnesium and L-theanine, so you know you're getting the best quality sleep supplement in the game. The quality of ingredients are huge to us at CMOS Girlies. The product is 100% traceable, third-party tested, and bioavailable, meaning that your body can easily absorb them. All you have to do is take one teaspoon in water every night when you need to chill, and it comes in two flavors of berry and blue lemon. Magnesium by Moon Juice comes with a range of benefits, including relaxation, sleep, brain health, and regularity. As an avid swimmer, I really love that magnesium is formulated with magnesium gluconate because this form of magnesium supports muscle relaxation. Plus, you're also getting L-theanine, which actually promotes alpha wave activity in the brain for calm. So that's really just the cherry on top. If you're interested in trying magnesium for yourself, you can use the code CMOSGRILLIES at checkout for 20% off. Once again, that is CMOSGRILLIES for 20% off your first order. Our next partner is a product that Emma and I take every single day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to find a greens powder that actually blended together. The taste is hands down the best greens powder I've been able to find. It even has a mild tropical taste and you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, adaptogens, you name it. For me, I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I've always known that taking a greens powder is a great addition to one's wellness routine, but I could just never get past the unpleasant taste. This completely changed once I started taking Athletic Greens. It tastes so good that I actually look forward to drinking it every morning, something I never knew was possible. Plus, Athletic Greens contains dairy-free probiotics, and let me tell you, my digestion has never been better. Another thing that Emma and I love is that it's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, girlies, let's get into the episode about endocrine disruptors. So if you don't know, um, this is a system in your body, and it's particularly a system of different networks of glands and organs that produce and store and secrete different hormones. So obviously, this is different based on gender and what hormones you have in your body. But endocrine disrupting chemicals, which I'll call EDCs in the episode, they're natural or they're human-made chemicals that may mimic, block, or interfere with the body's hormones, which are part of the endocrine system. So when people talk about like, oh, my hormones are dysregulated or imbalanced or any of those phrases, a lot of times endocrine disrupting chemicals in like the 21st century are kind of what leads to hormonal imbalances. It's not something as like clear of a thing you can point to because I'll get into like the amount of things that are classified as EDCs. Like it's hard to say, oh, my hormones are fucked up because of blank paraben from blank place because there's so much around us that we touch every single day. 
The endocrine system in your body, though, it plays an essential role because it produces the hormones that regulate stress, fertility, growth, blood sugar, and so much more. Emma's going to talk more about like PCOS in this episode because that's often where like EDCs are discussed, particularly with women's hormones and fertility. And so when these things are thrown off balance, it may lead to like many problems, obviously relating everything from blood sugar to your stress to growth of your like body and stuff like that. So it can be tricky and it can be tricky to trace um, any sort of clean line of like what is leading to a hormonal imbalance. So people may be exposed to endocrine disruptors through food and beverages consumed. It could be pesticides. It could be cosmetics used. In essence, you contact these chemicals like through diet, air, skin, and water. So you can contact it in many, many ways. Some of the common EDCs and the sources of EDCs, things that you know are going to be like parabens, phthalates, BPAs, um, other sort of chemicals like dioxins and stuff like that. So you'll probably see, and flame retardants are another category. So you'll see these in household products. That's why a lot of like green living kind of sustainable blogs talk about EDCs because it's like in your household cleaner or it could be in a plastic item or it could be in a food packaging item like BPA cans, which I'm sure most of us are aware about. Um, And so when it gets to like, should you be worried? I feel like when I first heard of endocrine disruptors, I was like, okay, this is some woo woo, like hippie shit. This is like people fear mongering that like we live on a polluted planet. Like it's it's getting people worried about something that's like far beyond your control. And then people get like very paranoid about it. If you know what I'm saying, like with greenwashing stuff, it seems like it's the end of the world. If like a paraben ever touches your body and then you read the stats about like all of us are swallowing like plastic, um, like microplastics every single week. And it's like impossible to avoid. So sometimes I feel like the conversation is misplaced where it just feels, makes people feel panicked about like everything in the world being fucked up. Like everything from your makeup to the food you eat, to the clothes you wear, like messing with your fertility for some reason. So there's definitely reasons to be cautioned, which I'll get into now, but also like, I think it's taken out of proportion in some senses as well. And so should you be worried? I think the reason that you should be worried about EDCs as like the world becomes more toxic and more polluted and we have more, um, you know, electronic items and shit like that, industrialization, because when EDCs are actually absorbed into the body, an endocrine disruptor can increase or decrease natural hormone levels. And then it mimics the body's natural hormones or it like alters the natural production of hormones. So then your body is like adapting on the cellular level, the molecular level to actually change your hormonal composition. And so like, you don't know what is leading to what hormonal changes, as I've mentioned. And it's very hard to avoid these EDCs. And they are dangerous, like even in small amounts, even low doses of EDCs can be unsafe because our normal functioning system involves like very small changes in hormone levels. If you've ever gotten blood work for your hormones, it's like 0.01% a difference that can make you from like healthy to unhealthy hormonal levels on different biomarkers. And so we know that really small changes can cause very significant developmental and then also biological effects. And so then another category of people I feel like that talk about EDCs on social media are like mommy bloggers of like, watch out like children's toys are talked about a lot of having a lot of endocrine disruptors because you're giving it to a kid and they're going through growth and it could alter their hormones like when they're in that really precious stage of growing to be an adult. And so this observation about EDCs, it leads scientists to think that 
um, exposure to EDCs, even at low amounts can alter like your body sensitive systems, like your hormones, like your stress levels, and it can lead to different health problems. But I will say though, that more research is needed. Um, studying the effects of the chemicals on humans has been challenging. Most of the research is done on animal studies rather than humans, which is kind of true across like a lot of different supplements and health and wellness things. And, you know, people are exposed to many chemicals at once. So isolating the effects of one chemical or another can be challenging. So the science is like, we need, or I think the the research is we need more research. We need more studies to understand the risk to humans and also to be able to isolate this in some ways. So, you know, like this specific EDC in this certain amount does this much to this type of person, because when you're thinking about like age of life of everyone, all of our different like baselines and stuff like that, it's going to be hard to have any sort of um, conclusive data about if EDCs are ruining your life. Yeah. And since we're talking about the endocrine system, I think it's important to touch on how this can particularly impact women or anyone who does experience a menstrual period and especially how this is related to PCOS. So kind of to get everyone caught up to speed about like what PCOS is, this is polycystic ovarian syndrome. And it's a pretty common health problem that's caused by an imbalance of reproductive hormones. So really with PCOS, a hormonal imbalance creates a problem in the ovaries. So the ovaries are essentially, you know, intended to make an egg that is released each month as part of like a healthy regular menstrual cycle. But with PCOS, the egg may not develop and as it should or may not be released during the ovulation as it should be. And like the exact cause for PCOS is like not super clear. And I feel like it's just kind of like a broad sweeping umbrella term. Like you look up all the symptoms and it's like you might have like extra hair growth and you might experience like irregular periods and you might experience like hot flashes. And it's like all also sounds like typical PMS symptoms. Um, But PCOS could be linked to, to genetics, but they've also found that many women who do have PCOS also tend to have insulin resistance as well. So this is where our body does not respond well to insulin, which is the hormone that signals the body to use um, glucose for energy. So when we're resistant to insulin, the cells and like our muscles, fat, liver are really no longer able to respond to the signal. So you end up with like this glucose buildup in your blood. Um, and then PCOS can also potentially be tied to higher levels of androgens, which are male hormones. And women, we produce like a small amount of these, but higher levels can prevent ovaries from releasing an egg and other symptoms. So like how this all ties to endocrine disruptors, like lifestyle treatment is like the primary intervention when it comes to PCOS, whether that's like focusing on like diet or movement or stress. But this is why like exposure to the EDCs could exacerbate PCOS symptoms and cause further imbalances because you already are experiencing hormonal imbalances to them and you add additional chemicals on top of that it can just make things worse or make it harder to you know stop experiencing PCOS PCOS and there actually was like a small study back in 2015 in humans and essentially with this study there was elevated BPA concentrations were observed in adolescents and adults uh women with PCOS compared to reproductively healthy ones and they found that there was a positively correlation with hyperandromenia. So there were higher levels of these male hormones in PCOS women from these like BPA concentrations. Um, so it is like within reason that developmental exposure to specific EDCs such as BPA could permanently alter neuroendocrine and reproductive and metabolic regulation and favoring like this more PCOS development. And then also to like BPA concentration, which BPA is an EDC um concentration in the follicular fluid from PCOS patients was found to be significantly higher than that from non-PCOS patients according to another study so there is like some link but you know correlation does not mean causation right 
And then we also got some questions on like stevia and endocrine disruptor and like microplastics and like how food comes into play. So like in general, food and diet can have the effect of the production and secretion of hormones. So like fasting or like or eating excess calories, as well as like foods with like a higher glycemic load are known to impact circulating levels of certain hormones, including like leptin, ghrelin, insulin, cortisol, um and like thyroid function for example right like it's dependent on an adequate intake of selenium iodine and iron and then restrictive diets or eating patterns can also lead to like a rise in cortisol which can lead to irregular menstrual cycle because you're in a stress state so it's not safe for your body really to like ovulate or like try to make a child and diets that are rich in like refined carbs and reduced fiber intake can also upregulate cortisol as well so it's not just like super restrictive diets that can cause a spike in cortisol um like also too with like insulin sensitivity like our leptin signals typically get blocked with this and so your satiety hormone uh ghrelin kind of takes over satiety hormone which is leptin but then ghrelin takes over which is like a hunger hormone so this is typically why like people who do experience insulin resistance or like perhaps if you have pcos like you might experience like this like non-stop need for hunger and it's likely tied to like your insulin sensitivity um but looking at stevia and artificial sweeteners we did an episode kind of on this like a while back but like when we do consume an artificial sweetener a sweet taste does tell our body that it's consuming food because it is like food and so it should technically satisfy all of our hunger signals but because of the lack of calories from the sweetener this doesn't actually happen and so your body still responds to this artificially sweetened product by releasing glp1 which is a particular hormone that tells your body to release the hormone insulin and process what you just ate, but you end up still feeling hungry because you didn't actually get those calories because artificial sweeteners uh, don't have any calories associated with them. Um, And so your body's kind of like, what the heck's going on? And so really what ends up happening is that you typically end up eating more in the long run. So it's like not sustainable from like a weight loss perspective. And I think that's like typically why a lot of people maybe do opt for the artificial sweetened beverage or like the halo top, um, and I'm sure there's like so many other products on the market too that like people would opt for versus like the real thing. Um, and also too, like you would need to eat like a fairly high dose of artificial sweeteners to really have it create any significant damage in terms of like your gut, gut flora. I've seen a lot of conversation right now on Twitter from like different health circles about like aspartame and like the link to cancer. And again, like you would have to eat like so, so, so much for really any of that to ever occur. So when it comes to like artificial sweeteners and like it being an endocrine disruptor, like it's pretty minimal and like definitely do as you will. Like, I don't think everyone is drinking like a gallon of Diet Coke and eating like Halo Top every single day. But I think like, you know, you're probably better off if you're like eating something that's like made with like, you know, real sugar and you're like in a more relaxed state and have a more, you know, a better relationship with food that'll like be more beneficial for like your cortisol and other hormones versus like you feeling like stressed and anxious and like eating this artificial sweetened thing, knowing that you wanted the real thing and then just like ending up eating what you wanted in the first place. Um, and then getting into microplastics or MPs, which is which is what I'll call for go forward. Um, so these MPs, they absorb and act as like a transport medium for harmful chemicals such as like phylates, BPAs, you name it. And with these EDCs, they're actually not bonded to the plastics, so they're easily able to, like, leach into water and other liquids, which is, like, how they can get into our system, and this is, like, kind of, like, the headline you typically will see in terms of, like, plastic water bottles and, like, endocrine disruptors and, like, all of that leaching into the water, Um, and there actually are 
over about like a thousand chemicals that are classified as EDCs that can alter the expression of various hormone receptors leading to endocrine and developmental abnormalities. And there's around actually nine different forms of microplastics that have actually been reported in human feces from multiple countries. And there's a really great PubMed article that I read that maybe we'll link into the show notes that like really gets into like the nitty gritty about like just microplastics in general. Um, but this really just like goes to show like how prevalent microplastics are and like how much EDCs are in our current food system for like humans. And like, these are all like really, really micro particles. So it's like impossible to really, for us to even like notice. And when you're drinking a water bottle, you're likely not thinking like, oh, I'm also consuming microplastics. Cause like probably like when you're in that state, you're just like, oh my God, I am so thirsty. I just like need this water to quench my thirst. Um, so, so something just to kind of like keep in mind and it's also been discovered recently that microplastics and toxic additives can also cross the blood brain barrier, which again can interfere with various hormone receptors. And that'll be very interesting as more research comes about, like how that just further impacts your overall brain health. And if that can lead to any other type of brain related diseases down the road, Um, And, like, as Kate mentioned, there's, like, not really any conclusive research reports to, like, really determine the direct consequences of microplastics on, like, the adrenal and pituitary glands and other areas when it comes to, like, our endocrine system. So, like, further research is really needed in order to, like, better regulate and, like, suggest laws that can reduce the exposure to these small plastic particles. But, I mean, I feel like EDCs are, like, the one area where you can try to do your best when it comes to protecting yourself from them. But it's, like, you're not going to be able to be perfect because, like, pretty much everything comes in plastic. And there's, like, so much, like, cross-contamination when it comes to, like, plastics and pollutants. So, I think, like, focus more on the areas that you can when it comes to, like, supporting your hormones. So, you know, your sleep, stress, diet, for sure. And if you're someone who does have PCOS, which is, like, again, a very, very common um common thing that like a lot of women experience so if you do have pcos don't feel like you're alone um maybe just take edcs into consideration a little bit a little bit more yeah and also in the background of this episode like we are talking about edcs but when it comes to pollution and like any sort of larger toxins or chemicals or harmful things that happen to our body like ingredients and inflammation in the body All of this is very disproportionate based on like race, class, socioeconomic status. So a community like Flint, Michigan doesn't have clean drinking water and all of us are going to experience microplastics. Yes, of course. But there are communities that are experiencing like much more severe. I'm not saying like EDCs aren't as severe, but there's a lot of severe like health things that are happening that are very disproportionate as well as the ones that are these everyday kind of invisible health risks um like an example in new york city like yeah the air air quality well i was going to say like yeah the microplastics are everywhere and you touch and feel them every single day but when the air quality is bad like make a conscious effort to not go outside when there is some sort of warning for another you know health related climate issue god forbid whatever happens in the future of our planet like those are kind of the bigger events to be concerned about versus like oh shit i was at an airport and i had to buy a beverage in plastic like i don't know what to do about that because then it gets really like mentally tiring and you feel like you're the worst and like you have that eco anxiety that's like raining all over you um which i definitely struggled with for a few years of feeling like all of my actions were leading to the demise of the planet. But in reality, we live in a really fucked up system that makes it hard to have options and have choices and have the opportunity to practice them all the time because it's not like financially feasible. So if you are someone that's like looking, how could you 
kind of like control the amount of EDCs you're exposed to or think about practices that you already do and like what you could offset to avoid EDCs. According to the National Resource Defense Council, the NRDC in the United States, here's like their best practices to avoid EDCs in everyday life. Um, Washing your hands is a big one. I feel like the pandemic definitely changed like everyone's relationship to washing your hands and hand sanitizer and shit. So I feel like this piece of advice um, is important, but I think pandemic made us definitely very aware of this. One of them is dust and vacuum. I am pushing myself to do this this week. Um, Notoriously, New York City air conditioning units are disgusting. And I have this belief that I feel like mine has mold in it for some reason. And I'm going to put on an N95 and like look at the, um, the filters and stuff like that later this week because I'm like, if I'm just constantly getting in mold and shit in my apartment like that's no bueno um i bought an air purifier like finally after the first round of wildfire smoke so i have that as well and so dusting and vacuuming is a thing that you can just like practice doing every single week choosing fragrance-free products is a big one now there's like a few skincare beauty podcasts i feel like i've fallen off of like listening to them or they don't really exist in the same way like i used to love um the glowing up podcast because i think they talked about a lot of this shit But fragrances and products with fragrance in it are something that you should think about avoiding. I used to work at a green beauty place and we didn't even carry places or carry products that had fragrance because a lot of them didn't meet the standards of being organic and third party tested and not animal tested and shit like that. So phthalates, as I mentioned before, these are ones that you often can find in fragrance and it's because it's like this artificial ass thing. And so when you're putting it directly on your skin, then you're putting that into your body as well. So fragrance-free skincare is the way to go. Um, Avoiding plastic as much as you can and can afford is something to keep in consideration of. So trying to avoid plastic wrapped like vegetables and stuff like that, try to avoid single-use plastic in any sort of your life, um, like water bottles, grocery bags, whatever. The next one is, I kind of mentioned before, but watch out for cans with BPA lining. There should be a label on products. You can suss that out pretty easily. Um, And then when it comes to like phthalates and stuff like that, if you look at household cleaning products, I know there's a bunch of those like services and I forget the the names of these websites and these apps, but there are a few that exist that you can scan the barcode of a product and then it'll give it a grade. I know there's one of those for skincare products. I know there's one of those for sunscreen and there's another one for household products. So let us know in Geneva if you have the name of those apps because I'm very curious. I've just like fallen off the bandwagon of those. Um, So when it comes to things like food, pesticides is a big one. If you can afford to get some things that are local and organic, that will pass out on a lot of like you being exposed to pesticides because like local farmers aren't putting those on their products. Look for products that actually say like the BPA free or the paraben free or the phthalate free. Um, As I mentioned before, this is usually on household products. And then there's also this database that the Environmental Working Group has. If you're looking for any sort of like environmental consumer goods information, um, the EWG is a really good website for that. And they have this deep cosmetics database that helps you check different products for the ingredients. And I think, you know, it's kind of overwhelming if you're at Sephora or Target shopping for stuff. You spend like an extra 10 minutes like scanning products. But when you think about it, like you only have to do that once and then you'll return to the store and just continually buy the same products. So I think it can be overwhelming to like feel like you need to go through and clean out your entire life. Like I frankly haven't done that when it comes to all my personal care products. Um, But I think anytime you're repurchasing, you could do like a check at that point. Otherwise, the eco anxiety might be too much. And in the true like environmental ethos, like 
reduce, reuse, recycle is the mantra and people don't think about reducing as like the first most important thing. So a lot of us probably have way too many blushes or way too many lip glosses. And I'm not saying like, don't buy things that make you happy, but I think you can probably be set with just having like a round of brands that you feel trusted in versus feeling like you need to go get like the latest TikTok like item. Cause I definitely feel that way too. And then you're struggling with adding more like EDCs to your life. Um, and when it comes to environmental stuff in terms of like, shit, I bought something and it has this thing in it. I think if you can determine the risk, like let's say you bought a household cleaner and then you like look it up and it has like bad parabens in it or something like that. You can make like the cost benefit analysis of like if getting through that entire bottle or however much you have left is going to like mentally cause you unrest and it's going to actually harm you a lot or if you should just like use it up and go buy a new one. So definitely think about that before you like sweep out all of your items and then go buy like a thousand dollars worth of like new household products. Yeah, that's a great list. And I think like, you know, to round out the episode this is definitely like a new area that's starting to get more attention and we'll only probably get more research and more studies about like the impacts of endocrine disruptors. So again, like unfortunately right now there is so much like individual action that you have to do when it comes to like protecting yourself because there's not too many laws to like regulate anything. And I don't expect that to be the case anytime soon. Um, But like Kate said, there's like plenty of ways to kind of make it an easier experience as, as a consumer when you are shopping Um. And I know there's like so many of those like plastic free shops that Mm -hmm. could be like great places to go to if you have one in your neighborhood. They're typically like local shops and like, you know, you're at least like getting a bar of soap that probably has like no um, sense and doesn't come with all like the excess packaging as well. Yeah. Good thing in the 21st century, we have more resources and more info. So hope that was helpful. Kind of a short episode on EDCs, but I feel like that's a good starting point for the girlies and let us know if you have any more resources on this as well yeah for sure yeah definitely keep us posted in geneva um but anyways we hope you guys enjoyed the episode i hope you all have a fun and safe fourth of july weekend we'll see you on the meme page see you in geneva and we'll chat with you next week bye girlies we'll talk to you on tuesday